0: The Association for Diplomatic Studies and Training is an independent, nonprofit organization located in Arlington, Virginia. Over the past 30 years, ADST has produced the largest U.S. diplomatic oral history collection, unveiling the horrifying, thought provoking, and the absurd events that have helped shape foreign policy. ADST.org American Diplomacy. Warts and all. In 1968, growing opposition to the failing socio-political and economic policies of hard-line communist regime in Czechoslovakia, led by Antonin Novotny, finally came to a breaking point. Reformist politician Alexander Dubacek replaced Novotny as first secretary of the Communist Party of Slovakia. The period that followed, known as the Prague Spring, saw an expansion in freedom of expression, economic liberalization, and socio-political reform that took the country by storm, and was ultimately seen as an existential threat in Moscow. As a result, four countries of the Warsaw Pact, Soviet Union, Hungary, Poland, and Bulgaria, invaded Czechoslovakia on August 20, 1968, to stop Czechoslovakia from further liberalizing its government. Economic Foreign Service Officer Kenneth N. Skog, in Prague at the time, talks about the events leading up to and following the invasion. He was interviewed by Charles Stuart Kennedy beginning in August 2000.
1: Well, how do things develop? Well, uh, Dubček came to power, uh, the party published uh, his life's history, which we began to see, he been grown up in the Soviet Union, he'd there in a the small boy, spoke Russian fluently, uh, he'd only come back to uh, Slovakia at the time of the, just before the Second World War, because the Soviets uh, insisted that anybody, uh, some of these exiled communists, like his father and mother, would either become Soviet citizens mm-hmm. or they'd have to leave. And they chose to leave rather than become Soviet citizens. That's how Dubcek even got back to Slovakia. Mm-hmm. If uh, the Russians should be very, very happy indeed. But really, they weren't so happy because uh, they knew he'd been there at the time of Khrushchev. Uh, he had uh, spoken Russian fluently, mm-hmm. associated with a lot of Russian critics. Uh, Khrushchev was in domestic politics was something of a reformer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dubcek shared that spirit. Dubcek was, uh, as he became head of the party in Slovakia, uh, permitted uh, the Slovak Writers Union much greater freedom than the Czech Writers Union had, and particularly after the crackdown. Uh, Literarny Novini, which was the organ of the Czech writers, mm-hmm. was placed under the Ministry of the Interior by, by Novotny in 1967, after which time no one would write for it. Mm-hmm. And they all began to publish from, from Slovakia, mm-hmm. where Dubček was. So it was, it, was, uh, it could be inferred that Dubček was uh, not, uh, not the hardliner, not the, pr- but he was very pro-Russian, mm-hmm. but he was pro-Russian. He maintained that to his death. that he always thought it was a tragic mistake. He liked the Soviet Union. If only the Soviet Union had been able to understand that he was trying to make communism popular again, whereas Novotny had abused it, uh, if you really opened the windows, people would rally to the cause. And that's what Dubček, in his naivete, believed, and he believed that he ought to be able to convince the Russians. There are sort of two uh, theses uh, about the first months of Dubček. And, of course, Dubček did not have a long time in power, but he did have uh, until the invasion. He had uh, about seven, seven months, seven and a half months. During the first two months, it was thought, or sometimes said, that the other communist countries uh, gave him a, ch- a honeymoon, and the, the Czech population, the Czech-Slovak population, didn't didn't see much difference. Sure you, neither of those are right, mm-hmm. because he, almost immediately it was clear. To any observer of the scene that there was a, a brand new spirit in the country. <coughs> a television program would appear without uh, what they called apartheidnost, without the party spirit, without mm-hmm. trying to you know, it, it was even a documentary on the three houses which uh, prominent Czechoslovak coal barons who had left the country had and one of them, uh, they were called, the family name was Peček the Pechak's had three houses, and the Czechs pointed out one of them is occupied by the American ambassador. Here's the American ambassador living in this Pechak house. But the Soviet embassy is in another one, and the Chinese embassy is in the third one. And it didn't, you know, it didn't say boo about, you know, the exploiters are in one, and it was, it was just, a, just a documentary. Well, if somebody who didn't know communism had seen that, he would have said, well, it's like what you see on television, but you don't see that on television in communist countries. So, uh, very quickly, there were, and it was pointed out to us, uh, there was a, uh, an editorial in Rudy Pravo. Particularly, they wanted to know, did somebody mobilize the armed forces mm-hmm. to protect Novodni? And it later developed that, indeed, that had happened. Well, this was pointed out to us as a very uh, significant editorial, and we advised the, the Department of State to look at it with special interest. It was indicative, and, and although Ducek didn't run around making speeches at the beginning, wherever he appeared, his spontaneity came through. And you could see that this was not uh, another communist operache mm-hmm. uh, We speculated in our first assessment of him how much power he was really going to have, because he was already talking about humanism and, 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 and a little bit of reform, uh, but uh, we wondered what's going to happen to the leading role of the party. Of course, this was an issue that, that never was resolved, but the issue was there from the beginning. Moreover, the, uh, the, the states around him were all concerned. The first one who was using, and Kadar, Janusz Kadar was always a cat's paw. Janusz mm-hmm. Kadar was used by Brezhnev. You go and talk to him, you be the, the good cop. And then the bad cop would be Gomolka. <coughs> Gomolka would uh, say, you know, in like, Poland, yeah. uh, would warn him that uh, I'll lose control in Poland mm-hmm. if, if you continue this and and Qadar would take the position you know well we, we we reformers have to be very careful and so put Buček sensed this right on because it, and he was uh, he was invited summoned, you might say to moscow by the end of january uh and he explained to them that reform was needed after novotny he could see that uh his ideas of reform were, were greeted with great skepticism in the soviet politburo which was going the other way. They were beginning, their, they had their own purge trials going on and uh, a purge of writers and so forth. It, it was a hardening in the Soviet Union at the time when the Czechs were becoming more liberal. It was, it was their misfortune. They had missed a, a happier, <coughs> period, and the Soviet Union might have been more tolerant. It was a general tendency, by the way, of the Dubček government to keep the United States at arm's length mm-hmm. because as the Soviet dissatisfaction and the East German-Polish dissatisfaction mm-hmm. with events in Czechoslovakia began to rise, the Czechs saw, uh, in keeping the United States at a distance, a way to demonstrate to the mm-hmm. Russians that they were loyal. They were not going the way of the Hungarians or mm-hmm. any means. They would stand with the Warsaw Pact. There was never any question that they would be loyal to their obligations. And so they sort of welcomed uh, uh, a hard, Formal relationship mm-hmm. with the United States. No trade mission, for example. Mm-hmm. They made that clear to me. We were able to work around it. Mm-hmm. But anything that would catch public attention, mm-hmm. they wanted to be. They wanted to be negative. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, that uh, their And of course, they were. They were the, the top uh, aiders of the North Vietnamese, which didn't mm-hmm. help either. But they, at the time, of course, the Vietnam War oh, no. so was very out of height and. Uh, next to the Russians, the Czechs were providing about as much help to the North Vietnamese as, as anyone, and uh, they had a major demonstration at the U.S. Embassy that went on for two days in the spring of 1968, in which they tore, a Vietnamese student tore down the American flag from the embassy, and uh, you know, they, uh, they, kept, they kept the embassy hermetically sealed for two days. Uh, the Czechs permitted that. They thought that would be good news in, in Moscow. Mm-hmm. At a time when they were beginning to, to have bad relations. Now, this made it more difficult to be helpful to the Czechs. Not that mm-hmm. we've been very able to help them much anyway. Mm-hmm. The Prague Spring was spontaneous. As soon as the Czechs realized that there was nobody holding on the lid, the lid began to come off. Mm-hmm. And as people tried, it's like explaining the check house. And the, the next thing was a uh, question about. Uh, what should, what is your view of democracy and so forth. Public interviews, here the TV is asking men on the street what they thought. One of them I still remember, what is your view of of socialist democracy? And uh, the fellow said, well, uh, that's when you have free elections, when you can say this. And, you know, he he enumerated all the things about democracy. And then the uh, the interviewer said, and socialist? And the man just smiled. (laughs) He didn't say anything. (laughs) He didn't say a word. And yeah, mm-hmm. this was a, it, it was a spontaneous mm-hmm. freedom of expression that really began mm-hmm. to worry the, uh, uh, the, the East Germans and the Poles. We were aware, very much aware, the embassy was pretty well informed at this point, and very much aware that uh, Ducek uh, could get in trouble and was in trouble with his neighbors. The question was, you know, would, he, would he have the smarts to get out of it? And he tried to crack down, and the May plenum of the Communist Party was considered sort of a thermidor, when they uh, said there wouldn't be any political parties outside the National Front and uh, the, they, the press would have to be controlled, have to remember that our allies have to be respected and so forth. The Soviets liked it. The Soviets later said after the invasion, we thought after the May plenum that maybe things would be, would be okay the basic fact was Dubček did not want to crack down and was not able to crack down on what was happening spontaneously in Czechoslovakia the question was whether it was reform or revolution you had all sorts of opinions being expressed you had people like Václav Havel and uh, and others who were not communists at all expressing views if you don't have freedom for another political party then what is the control on this democracy the, the, the leaders were using the term democracy so then the, the liberals who were outside the party or even some inside the party began to explore what democracy really means. Democracy means the right to, to run against you and then uh, pretty soon the, the hardliners were saying, oh wait a minute, we, we didn't, who, who said that? And, uh, and then the, uh, after several meetings with the uh, communist brethren, the five who later invaded the country from which the Romanians and Yugoslavs were excluded. Well, Yugoslavs were frequently excluded, but the Romanians were also excluded. And these guys would gang up on Dubček in in meetings, and uh, and then they uh, arranged, of course, for the military maneuvers, and the Soviet forces maneuvered in Czechoslovakia in June and July, and at this point uh, this is when the the public first turned to to warning, and there was the 2,000 words manifesto of Ludwig Vázovich, the guy who had really attacked you Novotny know, the year before at the uh, Writers' Congress. He came up with his 2,000 words, which were signed by a number of prominent Czech intellectuals, warning them, was saying that they would go to it if necessary, you know, that they would, uh, they would go to the, the end to save the government if it s- saves itself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and clearly uh, implying that the Czechs would, would resist invasion. Well, uh, that, that set off Brezhnev. He was furious when he read 2,000 words. Now, uh, the counter-revolutionary, they're running wild. It was at that point that the uh, the Soviets uh, called a meeting in uh, in Warsaw, but uh, the uh, the Czechs wouldn't go because they wanted to meet individually. They said they'd meet individually with each of the five, but they weren't going to be summoned one mm-hmm. more time to be spanked by by the five. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Warsaw they met and they came up with what was called later the Warsaw Doctrine, and this was. Uh, uh, you can do this and you can do that, but uh, this thing, socialism, Toya Vashivets, Toya Nashivets, that's that's your affair, but that's our affair too, uh. socialism. When you begin to fool around with socialism, that's not just your affair. Now, here it was, very clear. who we were right on the table. The Brezhnev Doctrine at this point emerged in the Warsaw Letter. And the Warsaw Letter was addressed not to Dubček, but to the whole Central Committee, because the Russians thought with with reason that on the Central Committee and on the Presidium there were a lot of people who shared their concerns, and there were. But uh, by this time Dubček had already uh, been obliged. Dubček was really not the leader of of this. He was going along with it, but he was by no means the leader of the Prague Spring. The the real uh, mass leadership within the party called for a new party Congress, and a new party Congress, uh, which would be an extraordinary Congress. Dubček had resisted calling an extraordinary party Congress because he didn't want to rock the boat. Mm. They wanted to rock the boat. They wanted to get rid of all these guys who were holding back on the reform and, and who were taking the side of the enemy and so forth. They wanted to go forward with a real liberalization. So they set a date for the communists, for the, uh, the, uh, the congress, 14th Congress. And uh, they held elections, to the 14th Congress, and a lot of the hardliners were losing these, these elections, and so it was clear to them that if this Congress met, they'd be finished. And at the point when the uh, the Central Committee met to discuss the Warsaw Letter and to respond to it, which was in, in July of 1968, uh, a lot of the people who were, uh, were going to be elected to the Congress, which was set for, September, I believe, were were brought into the meeting so that Dubček would have a majority. And Dubček had a, got himself a majority by hook or crook. And uh, he completely cowed even the, the most extreme of the radicals so that the answer by the Czech Communist Party to the Five Communist Party, the Warsaw letter, which was, their response was about three times as long as the original letter in effect said, yeah, there are a lot of people out there, Americans and West Germans and so forth, who are trying to screw us up, but we know what we're doing. We can manage. Socialism is not in danger in this country. We're in charge here and so forth. And so they responded in effect by thumbing their nose while while agreeing that there were a lot of uh, anti-socialist forces around, we've got them under control. Don't worry about us. So there were a lot of journalists coming in to see it. Shirley Temple was there and uh, there were a lot of people that did come in. It became, sort of sheet to see in Czechoslovakia, it was becoming, it was the most interesting thing that had happened certainly since Hungary, and Hungary uh, really was bloody, where Czechoslovakia was not, and so you could come there and and see a a situation where communism was imploding, where people were lining up Mm. to buy newspapers, because newspapers now said something, Mm. you know, and the the press was relatively free, it was free, but it was a lot freer than it was anywhere else
0: that's where the situation stood when the Czechs responded to the Warsaw letter. This podcast has been brought to you by the Association for Diplomatic Studies and Training. Check out our next installment, where we will hear about the fallout from the Prague Spring and the invasion of Czechoslovakia by the Soviets. For more, check out our website at ADST.org. ADST, American Diplomacy, warts and all.